Hey everybody, welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live show here on Twitch. Check us out, Frontline Gaming underscore TV, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can join the conversation, heckle us, and always, and very usefully, correct us when we make an inevitable <laughs> mistake. Thank you everybody for joining us. If you are watching us on YouTube, please be sure to like and subscribe. If you're joining us on the, the iTunes or the Google Podcasts, thank you for joining us. Can't wait to talk about what happened in the last week of the Games Workshop Hobby. It has been pretty busy. Yes, I'm your is. host, Reese. With me, as always, Francis. That's right. Right here. With sleeves on. You know what? I woke up this morning. And decided to not put sleeves on. Or shave. I usually <laughs> shave on I Wednesdays shave before the show. <laughs> And uh, I don't know, it was in like a time warp. I, I like forgot it was Wednesday. I walked to work and I was walking to work and I was like halfway there. And I was like, I didn't shave, put on a normal shirt or comb my hair. <laughs> it's like, on top son of, of a gun. I like it. So you're getting it uh, raw style today. Everybody yeah. who's watching. This is Reese, six days a week. Six days a week. And if you are not uh, watching, well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Consider yourself lucky. Uh, and anybody that can recognize my tank top gets three nerd points in Ooh. your nerd bank. Boom. Stock up. I'll give you a little little hint. No, I'm not even going to give you a hint. Because <laughs> you guys should get it. If you, if, you, if, you're, if you like nerd stuff, you should get it. Aren't they doing a sequel? Yeah, they are. Yes. They are doing a sequel with the, all the original cast that are still alive. Amazing. <laughs> so good. All right, everybody, let's jump in and talk about what is going on in the Games Workshop hobby, what happened in the last week. And as always, check out the other podcasts on the Frontline Gaming Podcast Network. We've got all kinds of fun stuff with the Art of War. We just added the Art of War Down Under, where they play 40K upside down. Pretty Ooh. good. And, of course, the ever-popular Chapter Tactics. And super excited this week, we got 40K stats in our back. Those kooky Canadians. They're back. They are back. Pretty fun. So this week's pre-order from Games Workshop is a selection of Black Library novels and the surprisingly popular Horace Heresy bookends. Ooh. They look pretty badass. They They're horse. sick. It's funny that it's two Horuses. I thought it'd be cool if it was <laughs> Horace and the Emperor, but... Yeah, then you have to make two molds, Reese. That makes... And that would make too much sense to have two different ones. So it's... Uh, actually really cool and um does it come with the books too am i yeah i think it does that was why i was like man this thing's selling really well but it's like a ton of i guess the books and the bookends yeah i think it comes with three books it's like the first three in the nice or something i don't know so yeah, yeah it is really funny that it's two of the exact same bookend you're like oh yeah i was checking the sales over the weekend and i was like what the heck why are these bookends selling so well but they do look pretty pretty dang cool. So yeah, uh, yeah check it out if you want them. We have we only have a couple more. Um, so if you did want to pick some up at a discount from us with free shipping options within the continental United States, please do so. Quick store Woo, Frankie, if you had these, would you paint them? No, I don't paint. That's true, you don't. But nice. No, I, I don't know. I, they probably look really cool painted up. Actually, they look but, really, yeah. really, really cool. Side note, who ended up with a horse's mace? I don't know. Because Abaddon has his claw, right? Yeah, Abaddon got the claw. He got the claw. 
Yeah, I don't know who, if anybody got the maze. Oh, okay. Maybe they threw it into the... Threw it into the lake. Or something like that. The lake. <laughs> Excellent. Lady so, in the lake. Yeah, well, it's not King Arthur then. Then you'd be like, I don't know, Demon Prince Arthur? Yeah. That'd be a funny name for a Demon Prince. Be right? Demon Prince Chad. Chad? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Pop collar and big mace. Like Give me it. that mace. <laughs> This is the mighty demon prince, Chad. He's Chad. like, ah, yeah. what are you going to do? He's like, yeah. uh, This week, or I'm sorry, next week's pre-order coming up is going to be some of the new uh, mini Indominus sets, the Worm or 40K starter sets that are um, less models, lower price point. They come with one of the 20 or the 30 by 22 inch boards to play on, some measuring sticks Ooh. and like some cardboard terrain. Pretty cool. It's a lower price point, easier to get in. And I think the, they should be pretty popular. So they're calling them the Recruit Edition and then the other two Champion variations. Champion Edition of it. and like HQ something Leader else. Edition, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So check those out if you missed out on Indominus, which nobody should have. But if you did or you didn't want to buy the whole thing, this is a good opportunity to pick up some of the new minis at a lower price point. Yeah. A new season of Blood Bowl has been announced. The popular uh, <laughs> game of fantasy football, not the kind you play with your aunts and uncles and, and buddies, but uh, real fantasy football. That's right. With orcs Ooh. and goblins. And uh, a guy that's smoking a pipe while and he's Reese playing. And <laughs> playing football. Like I do this have my mustache. I like it. <laughs> kind of. It goes all the way down, though. That's the full-on That's Yeah, that's the uh, Lemmy Kilme Kilmeister yeah. version of it. Mine is uh, more of the Tom Selleck. <laughs> Tom Selleck, huh? All right. So this uh, new edition will be coming out fairly soon. It looks very cool. Blood Bowl is an enduringly popular uh, game of fantasy football. Can't wait to see what they bring out for the next season. Yeah. If you wanted to participate yeah. in our ninth edition celebration giveaway that we've been running over the past week and a half, you only have two days left to participate. This contest will end on the 7th of August. That's this coming Friday. If you're watching us live, you have two more days. If you're listening to us on YouTube or on the various podcasting networks. Day. If you downloaded it the day it came out, this is your last day, right? So make sure to head on over to 40kprizes.com. It's very easy to enter. All you have to do is enter in your email address. And then there's all kinds of things you can do to get additional entries to win, like following us on uh, Twitter, uh, checking out uh, Art of War on Facebook. There's a lot of different ways that you can participate to get additional chances to win. There's a lot of really cool prizes as well. And the grand prize is a $1,500 Games Workshop shopping spree. Pretty cool. You can get a whole new army. In some cases, two new armies, maybe even three, depending Ooh. on what kind of army it is. Uh, or you can do an add-on to your, additional, your existing army. Pretty cool. Make sure to jump in there, participate, and we will be announcing the winners uh, sometime next week. Can't wait to see who wins. I'm going to win. You can't win. Why not? I entered. Well, that would be unfortunate I'm if you I'm just kidding. Won. I didn't enter. <laughs> that would be really funny. And the bubble's like, can I enter? Like, you can, but you can't win. He's like, no. If you work for Frontline Gaming, it's uh, definitely not, not possible. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and uh, it's very simple to participate. So, jump on in and participate. Oh, the inevitable jokes in the chat of $1,500. That's like two models. <laughs> What two models are 1500 bucks? Yeah, what's a $750 model that's not Forge World? <laughs> um, no, You've you been can... getting ripped 
Ah. You can easily get an army unless it's like some ridiculous, some ridiculous like I don't know mechanized orc army is probably the highest price point I can think of off the top of my head because you have so many kids. Or maybe what is horde the most expensive army, probably. army? Like an orc horde army, probably. Yeah, like any elite army is relatively cheap. I remember um, in fifth edition when a new kid would come in and you know the parent parent gets a little bit of sticker shock because it is an expensive hobby. Yeah. We would always just tell them to go, here's Drago, here's yeah. some Paladins, you're almost done. Yeah, it's like 90% of your army right yeah, there. Yeah, it was super cheap. Yeah. Um, Cult is pretty expensive. Yeah, GSC, any any high model count, high unit count army is going to get, uh, can get expensive. Yeah. But like elite armies, like if you're playing some sort of a Terminator army or something like that, it's actually really cheap. It just depends. It just depends on the kind of army. Yeah. It can be as expensive as you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to ball on a budget, you can do that too. But I'm confident that you can get almost any army for fifteen hundred bucks and then some. Yeah. So you should be able to. Yeah, shouldn't be shouldn't be too hard. Also, if you want to see some amazing 40k content, our friends at Play on Tabletop, that's a YouTube channel. They've been putting out what is, in my opinion, the highest quality uh, 40k content in terms of production value. Just how fun it is to watch. Um, not always the most competitive games. But for entertainment value, you really can't beat what they're putting out there. We're proud sponsors of their channel. So check it out. They just put out a, a ninth edition game. Super fun game. Both of the um, both of the players in the game are having a great time. One of them's having abysmal luck, but still managed <laughs> to make a fun game out of it. So yeah. check it out. Play on Tabletop. They are putting out really, really phenomenal uh, content. Yeah. And the armies are beautiful. Yeah. Really yeah. well painted. Yeah, that's uh, the, the production value is it's phenomenal, right? Yeah. Like, it's really good. And their main series is 40K in 40 Minutes. Yeah. And those are the ones that we uh, tend to sponsor. You can see FLG mats, uh, ITC terrain on them. They're, it's extremely well done. Like, in my opinion, if you were to see this on, like, I don't know, like, local access um, television, like PBS or something like that, it would look appropriate for it. It's that, it's that good a production value. Yeah, they do a really good job. Yeah, like they really cuts do. And everything. Yeah. yeah. And there's another, uh, to see a little bit more competitive content, our friends at Tabletop Titans are putting out, in my opinion, some really high-quality content as well. Uh, they are playtesters, and, uh, you know, Brian is, uh, has many accolades to his name as a very competitive player. They also are doing really high uh, production value, focusing more on, like, you know, high-level play. So Plus you definitely want to check that out, too. He uh, his sweater vest game is on point. Yeah, he is, is that a Canadian? Number one. Is that a Canadian thing? I don't know. I I wish it was a U.S. thing because it's amazing. I don't know if we could rock the, the sweater vest here I mean, in Arizona. I would die if I had a sweater vest. I mean on. Nevada. But what did I say? Arizona. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where I'm at. <laughs> oh man, we're getting to that age. <laughs> well, no, it's my aunt and uncle invited us to come out to their. They live in Arizona, and then. Uh, uh, go yeah. out and take out the boat, which would be really fun. So my, that might happen. I think I was just thinking about it. I'm not actually senile. <laughs> Here in Arizona, it's pretty hot. Me and Joe Biden, dude. No idea what's going on. Here in Alaska. Just going to smell everybody's hair. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have a new flash sale going on for everybody. This is for an FLG bat called Crate. Woo! Not, not anything, a loot crate. Not a loot crate. Just crate. Or a planet in Star Wars. Nope, definitely nope. not that. Totally original. But very cool looking crate is up for sale at 23% off while this sale is running. If you want to jump into store.funlinegaming.org, 
Check it out. Type it in C-R-A-I-T crate. You can pick up one of these very cool mats at a discount. These flash sales run for a brief period of time and basically gives you an opportunity to get some of our more popular mats at a discount, uh, but only while they are running. So jump on in, take a peek. Hit that buy button. Hit the buy button. Give buy us now. the monies now. Buy now. <laughs> <laughs> Or not. Or don't. <laughs> uh, that would be an honest advertisement. That would be really funny. <laughs> Buy our stuff. Please. Or we go out of business. It helps us to stay <laughs> in business. I should sing jingles. If we ever do go out of business, that's what I'm doing. You're just going to go out <laughs> jingles for like commercials and stuff? Yeah. Uh. Oh, brother. All right. Let's talk about playing 9th edition Warhammer 40K. So the, the game is starting to stabilize a little bit. People are actually getting some reps. Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of events going on, but that's probably going to be that way for the rest of the year. So I, hopefully not. We'll see. Yeah. But um, people are starting to get enough reps now that they're starting to formulate what I would consider to be relatively informed opinions. And it's interesting to see how quickly everything is changing, which is to be expected yeah. um, this early on. But uh, let's chat a bit about what's kind of going on with the competitive meta as much as it can exist given the current circumstances. But uh, right out the gates, kind of the, the commonly uh, accepted wisdom was that to win the new missions, which the, the tournament missions are getting uh, very positive to moderately positive reviews. There's been a couple negative Nancy's, but eh, that always happens. Yeah. Most people think the new tournament missions are actually quite good, which is great. We worked really hard on them. Um, the the Right out the gates, a lot of people were saying, a lot of pundits were saying, like, oh, all you have to do is take a bunch of troops or whatever, or, like, um, uh, resilient uh, obsec units, throw them onto objectives, and you're going to win the game. There's some, there's some truth to that. I'll, I'll give you that. But the thing that baffled me and a lot of the other playtesters, because we've been chatting about it, was if you couldn't win games with like, I don't know, 100 Nurglings or 90 Nurglings or whatever silly thing you think, think is going to win, the offense of the game did not go down at all. So I don't understand why anybody would think that that would all of a sudden work now when it didn't work before. I think it's different than a lot of the missions that people were playing before. A lot of the missions before had a lot of killing uh, involved, whereas these have a lot of board control. So I think that might be why a lot of people are leaning more towards like, uh, defense opposed to high offense um, that we're seeing early out the gates um, just because the missions are significantly different I would say than like the ITC missions or even Nova where you did have to kill things in order to rack up a bunch of points now you could take all board control uh, primaries and secondaries. well you don't choose your primaries but secondaries yeah yeah I mean that, that so. was the core of the argument was like kill kill more is no longer a part of normal tournament missions yeah so I, can, I, I do kind of understand how people drew that conclusion, but like in playtesting, we're already seeing it doesn't work really as advertised. Yeah. A lot of people are already changing their mind on that. Um, and not, not to say it's like a totally invalid strategy. Like you no. do, because the game's only five turns, because you are closer to each other, because the primary is so important, you do need to be aggressive and jump on the objectives. Yeah. So you do want units that can go out there and take them. But... I, I think if you're trying to win with like 150 guardsmen or I don't know, a bunch of orc boys or nerdlings or even plague bears, and you think you can just throw them on the draw on the objectives and win, I think you're going to be really 
sorely mistaken, it's not going to work as well as you think it's going to work. Yeah. Because the player going, especially if you go first, in, in the chat, Homer Simpson Yolo was saying that uh, first turn is advantageous. That's a good segue into our next talking point because I'm still seeing a lot of people uh, parroting that or, or maybe not, maybe that's not the nicest way to say it. They also agree or they've come to that conclusion themselves that going first is super advantageous. Without tournaments to actually gather data, I think that this is going to be a prevailing attitude until we can see that it's, uh, hopefully, that it plays out in reality that it's not the case. Because a, a lot of the, like, all of the playtesters, and remember, a lot of these playtesters are elite level uh, tournament gamers themselves. Frankie and I... Uh, I wouldn't say elite, or more of like... We're the uh, Al Bundys of the playtest team. We're like retired. We used to be elite. <laughs> uh, so, the, cause, so what people are saying for first turn is like, oh, you jump on the objectives, you get to alpha strike, which with the new terrain rules, a lot of people are seeing that it's easier to hide yeah. because of the obscure keyword. And I want to talk about that too. Um, but the player going second has the opportunity to shoot you off of objectives and then take them from you. Like one of the common uh, strategies the playtesters were talking about was using MSU melee units that can go into another unit, beat them up, and take the objective from them. Yeah, they might die um, later, but you're denying your opponent the ability to score, and you're flipping it, and you're getting him the you're getting those points for yourself yeah. right? because of the way the scoring system works. So going second is not always going to be your choice, but it's not nearly as bad in our opinions as a lot of pundits. They're saying, "Oh, go first every time you auto win." That's really not the case. Now, there is an argument to be made that on turn five, the player going first gets to do that, what the, the player going second has been doing to him the whole game, to shoot him off objectives and all that sort of stuff. Um, and there, there, that is a valid argument, but the player going second is doing that for the first four turns of the game, right? Like, just like in the ITC missions, I often liked going second for the exact reason. You're like, oh, okay, you're on three objectives. I know exactly what I need to do to outscore you this turn. Yeah, and I think... Honestly, every edition that's ever released had this same reaction when they first, when people first started playing it. And I think it's just because the missions are so new, not everybody knows exactly how to play them. Uh, your armies are playing a lot different. So like going first uh, gives you a little bit of an advantage because you can just move forward because that's really all you're going to do is move forward. You don't have to make a lot of decisions. Whereas the guy that's going second now has to make a ton of decisions. So I think as the edition plays on and as you see uh, more and more lists coming out, more tournaments played, I think you'll see that first and second are probably pretty even. Um, if not, uh, second is maybe even more advantageous. So. Yeah, because we were talking to the other playtesters and we were like, what do you guys think? Because, um, you know, we wanted to come up here and have, you know, informed opinions and try and gather, like, a lot of different ideas. And uh, the consensus is sometimes you want to go first, sometimes you want to go second. Yeah. But that this idea that you go first every time, I, I think once people get some more reps in, they're going to see that that's just not the case. You know, if you want to get the alpha strike and it's presented to you, of course you're going to go for it. Yeah. Um, but what we've seen in reality, especially if you have lots of obscuring terrain, this blocking line of sight, and it's easy to hide, it's better to go second. Yep. You pop out and then you get to, you're going to have the advantage on scoring all the way through to the last turn. So... Um, you know, it's going to, as always, it's going to depend on who you're playing, what you are playing, and what the terrain situation and what the deployment is. Yeah, so, it all it all really depends on what list you're playing, what you're playing against. It's it'll all be different. Right? Yeah. So, 
So the other part of this too, since we're already talking about it, and in, in, in the chat, a lot of people, uh, Stiff Neck Studios, Don the Magnificent, a lot of the people in the chat joining us are saying they like going second for all the reasons that we've just listed. Um, and Don's saying he's he plays a Death Guard Demon Engine list. Yeah, of course, you want to go second. You have the durability to survive. And then you're just going to be dominating board control after that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then the Stoic in the chat saying every time you hear someone complaining about first turn advantage, he's assuming that they're probably playing like a gun line or, or something like that. The gunline army doesn't really isn't nearly nearly as good as in this edition because you have to go out and take objectives or you're gonna lose the game. Yeah, the it primary makes it very is challenging. just holding objectives, and you have to be really aggressive and you have to have a plan to not just do it for the first few turns. Because one of the things that you'll notice when you play the uh, night dead missions is that you can score a ton of points in one turn. Yep. Right, like uh, we, uh, we all were playing this weekend. Pablo was up on me by like 50 points. And I was like, oh man, I'm I'm hosed. By the end of the game, he only beat me by like a couple points. Yeah. Like, cause he ran out of gas cause he was taking all those objectives really quickly. And then my army was able to um, to, to kill all of his space marines. And then I started getting the objectives. I just, I hadn't, I kind of took my eye off the ball and I deserved to lose. I was also being a little ridiculous. I, I was just going fast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the other part of it too. And we've seen this in some of the tournaments that have been played uh, is that a lot of people, what we've seen is that uh, someone will get a big advantage and then the other person will concede and then the other person gets a 100 point victory. People look at that and they go, oh my gosh, 100 point victories, they went first. I think a lot of that is people just giving up. But yeah. with these missions, you need to, to keep keep your head in the game because you can score 50, 60 points in the last couple turns and then go from way behind to way in front. So I think that's a, a good a good takeaway, hopefully, from this conversation is with the new missions, because you can score so many points, don't give up. Don't, no. like, keep your head in the game. Yeah, and I think it's, it's funny. It's like a tip of the hat back to, like, fifth edition and stuff where almost every podcast we were like, just keep your eye on the mission, yeah. keep playing to the mission. And like we said, no matter how many points you're down, you can score a ton of points in, like, two turns. Yeah. So you can score you can more always points. catch up. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Uh, you can score more points in two turns with these missions than you could score an entire game of six turns of ITC missions yeah. previously. So you need to get your head kind of wrapped around that um, that idea that you're not out of it. You're, you're not out of it. Like, hang in there. You can just rack up points at the end of the game. Uh, and Tomodachi Express says his friend plays a gun, gun line and typically loses by 40 points. Yeah, you might, you might blow your opponent off the table, but you just you didn't get any points. Yeah. Iron Zog says, I'm looking more and more like a drug overlord every time I see him. I'm going to take that <laughs> as a compliment. Yeah, let's go as a compliment. Yes. You're like an ultimate entrepreneur yes. pretty much, right? Ooh, is, that, is that what that is? Ooh. They call me the Lord of Bayer Aspirin. Ooh. Although Bayer, go to listen to some podcasts about the history of the Bayer Company. It's, it's uh, gnarly. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty hardcore. Pretty interesting stuff. Not all very good. Uh, Iron Zogs asks, how do you guys feel about strategic reserves versus armies like demons? That can use CP to put stuff in uh, reserves for the deep strike. It just depends because yeah. you have to declare it before you. That's like the, one of the first things you do, is like who's in uh, transports and who's going to be reserving. So it's kind of interesting. Um, it's like you don't have enough data. Like if it was, if you did it during deployment, it'd be very different. Yeah. But you have to like kind of go all in ahead of time, and then and then uh, see how it plays out during deployment. So. 
I don't know. I think you're going to use it a lot, um, especially if you're in a position where you're going to get alpha struck. You're going to do it. So it, it just it depends. What are your thoughts on that one, Frankie? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just like everything else, right? It depends on what you're playing against and all that. But um, I think being able to adapt to whatever army you're playing is super beneficial. So being able to deep strike, I think, is really good. Yeah. And then like, outflanking all that stuff is going to be uh, really, really effective, especially on the smaller table, because yeah. it's easier to come off of a board edge and get right into the mix. Um, I caught my Freddie Mercury cosplay 10 out of 10. <laughs> also, I look like Super Troopers. Thank you. I, I take all of those as compliments. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that the reserve ability is going to be one of the most important changes, and it's going to give you a lot of tactical flexibility. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it, it pans out. I know like, I'm gravitating towards playing my guard as Talarn. Um, Demolishers are really, really good this edition. I was smoking, um, well, when I wasn't rolling three for my number of shots, three turns in a row. <laughs> that just, was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I was rolling so bad in my game against Pablo. But the turns where I was actually getting to shoot them normally, I was obliterating Space Marines uh, with my Lehman Rust Demolishers. And I'm thinking about playing him as Talarn because you can move, shoot, move, do all kinds of fun stuff uh, with him. So I think mobility is going to be key. The other conclusion that we're coming to with our own lists is most of us are gravitating towards mechanized lists for the reason that you're really good for taking objectives. Like you drive on to uh, an objective, they have to kill the vehicle, and then there's usually one or more units inside. So it makes it a lot easier for you to score those points. And your opponent really has to dedicate a lot of resources to them. Yeah. to uh, get rid of them. And then vehicles with, like, flamers and stuff like that are really good. They can shoot in combat. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of where we're, most of us are at. Frankie's leaning towards uh, Mech Jukari. I'm playing Mech Guard. Um, another list that we played this weekend that was really effective was Nine Wave Serpents. <laughs> it's obnoxious. It's pretty powerful. It's obnoxious as hell, but it's really good at going on to the objectives and just not dying. Yeah, just surviving. Yeah. So that's kind of that same strategy we were talking about earlier where people are throwing all these bodies on them. I think the Wave Serpent list is better because they're they're super durable and then they're fast. Yeah. You know, they can go from hiding onto them. Um, what are your thoughts with Jukari? Uh, I've talked about Guard quite a bit, but playing Met Jukari, what do you think? Do you think it's viable? Um, I think it's viable. They, they still have the same problems that they always have. Uh, popping vehicles is always challenging. Um, I was running uh, two Tantalus. I guess you would call that Tantali. 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 Um, and they're really good. Uh, charging with them, staying in combat, and shooting with them is really powerful. Um, so I think Dark Eldar have some, uh, they have some opportunities uh, to do well. Um, again, they always come down to those blasters missing and not doing wounds, and you're just like, no. I might try out my Tau list, though, uh, see how that works. It's all infantry. Um, I think it'll be really challenging this edition because it's, I don't have any tanks, really and truly. Tau infantry aren't resilient at all, so uh, we'll see how it works. But they're better than more resilient than my guard infantry. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. And then uh, Pablo's been playing kind of like the more uh, what you would expect to see a Space Marine infantry army. Yeah. Uh, Ultramarines are really, really good in this edition. A lot of the internet talking heads in the 40k community uh, are leaning towards Salamanders. A lot of people are thinking that Salamanders are going to be the the list to beat. Ignoring AP1 is obviously really good, uh, but all the abilities for the Melta and the Flamer and all of that stuff that they have 
Uh, a lot of people are thinking that that's going to be the way to play. Plus, the new Eradicators that come in the Indominus box set are making a, a lot of waves in the competitive community. They're considered to be very good, maybe even an OP or underpriced unit. And a lot of people are starting to see the new rules that are coming out. Melta is changing. Yeah. So you want to keep your eye out for that. It's getting much, much more powerful. And of course, Eradicators can shoot twice at the same target. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges. So you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash instantinkspotify. I don't think that needs any explanation. Wow, that's so good. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Space Marines still top dog. I don't think anybody is disagreeing with that. So if you're not playing Space Space Marines, you want to uh, rock your list to kill Space Marines. Yeah. That's why I'm taking three Lehman Rust Demolisher Tank Commanders in my list. They, they Pretty strong. wreck Marines. <laughs> yeah. I have a Basilisk. And then I'm taking three units of Plasma Vets uh, double tapping, uh, two damage. AP three is really good for clearing uh, clearing space marine infantry out of the way. So you know that's that's my strategy. I figure if my yeah. list can kill space marine, it's going to be pretty good at killing everything else. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's solid. And uh, the demolishers are great against tanks and also yeah. infantry. And I think you're going to see a lot of tanks this edition. So I think so. Just be ready for that. I think so. And, and I don't think you're going to see a lot of hordes. Uh, like we could be wrong, and I hope I hope that it's you know it's still good enough that people will take him to a tournament. Yeah. But I'm not as worried about seeing like 150 orc boys as I was. I just don't I don't think that's going to be an issue. And if it is, I've always got my Bolgren, you know, and, and the Bolgren just obliterate orcs. They just walk right through them. It's it's funny to me and not funny <laughs> to the orc player. Um, yeah. So I think you can tech your lists now to deal with uh, big tough units and MSU like Space Marines. I think that's going to be a really good strategy, a winning strategy for early ninth edition. Um, that would be my best advice, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, just be ready to kill tanks and Space Marines, and you're probably set. Yeah. And we'll see. You know, the meta is an ever-evolving beast, which is what keeps it interesting. Yep. Uh, Colin, David Max is uh, attack bikes with multi-meltals are back. Yeah, anything with a melter or multi-meltal is going to be really, really uh, popular. Yeah. Tomodachi Express, Max Payload Basilisks are great. They are indeed great, and they kill the heck out of Space Marines, which is always fun. Um, do you know the points? Oh, is that, that's the questions people are asking each other in the chat. Uh, and the new Space Marine bikers are amazingly good. Yeah, they have so many yeah. attacks, so many Those shots. Bikes are incredible. Super mobile. Yeah. A lot of wounds. Totally. All right. So we'll have more coverage with Ninth Edition, more opinions as we go, obviously. But uh, looking like it's going to be play space marines or kill space marines early ninth just like it was end of eighth yeah so we are going to start talking about rankings again we're going to ease our way into it let me just preface this by saying uh, a lot of countries around the world are starting to have small events again america's lagging a little bit behind the curve some states are having small events some are not yeah uh, but we feel at this stage we feel comfortable kind of talking about the rankings again caveat be safe be smart Put your health first, put the health of others first. You know, points in the ITC circuit are not worth taking a big risk. No. Um, but we're starting to see, especially like in the UK and in Europe, people are playing again. 
So we want to give them some coverage. Yep. Top three, 40K ITC competitive track. Vic VJ still in first place. <laughs> uh, yeah, the UK had a bunch of big events early in the year before COVID derailed everything. Yep. Good for you. He's still out in, uh, still out in front. But Ken Knox has uh, started chipping away at his lead in second place. And Mark Gator Hertel. <laughs> Such a good name. Gator! Get Gator's cat! Uh, is sitting pretty in third. Well done. Hobby track. Colton Hatch in first place. Followed by the one, the only, Rich the Warboss Kilton. And Scott Boucher in third. I wonder if he's a relative of Kenny, Kenny Boucher. Boucher. Probably. The distant, Boucher, distant cousin. The Bouchers stick together. Yeah. Uh, Age of our current top three competitive track, Matt Beasley in first, Michael Vaginos, or Vaginos, I don't know how to say that, I'm sorry, in second, and Hannah Eastham <laughs> in third. I'm a little rusty at that. I used to be really good uh, at reading those names. It's all right. You got it. All right. Let's take a look at some completed conditions, and then we will jump into the chat Ooh. and answer some questions. These gorgeous Thousand Suns were painted by the FLGPaintStudio.com. Check us out for your next commission. You can get something like this or something different. These look amazing. Interesting color scheme, though. It's one of the, because now there's Pink nine subgroups of Thousand Suns. Yeah. If I remember correctly, this is one of the nine covens. Ooh. Which and, coven is it? I don't know. The pink one. <laughs> the pink, the pinkies. <laughs> And then, of course, an amazing Warlord Titan that we yeah. painted. This came out spectacularly. One of the cooler things our paint studio has painted in a long time. Super slick. Well done. Just so good. Yeah. Such a big model. Yeah. So good. All right. Let's jump into the chat. Answer some questions. Yes, they are very pink. I think they look great, though. I love the paint scheme. The pink, the gold, the white. Good combo. Very good combo. All right, Max40K says, or Maxi40K, do you think we might start seeing infiltrators in less mobile marine lists like fists and iron hands? Yeah, infiltrators are great. Uh, they're really good, not only because they're, they're marines and they got all of the bells and whistles that come along with that, but they have a denial of aura to help prevent uh, other deep striking units and such come on the table, which is incredibly useful, right? Like. That's always going to be good, especially with more and more units able to uh, stay off the table. Yeah, yeah, I think you'll see those uh, denial units all over the place, and infiltrating is really strong because you can go on to those midfield objectives, and then your gun line can walk up the table. So, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and with infiltrating units, with some of the with some of the missions, you can start on the objectives and start getting points right away. Yeah, really, it's really useful. Uh, HDW four thirteen asks for any updates on shipping stuff. Yeah, we've been, uh, we hired new staff, we've been working, even night shifts, we've had some of the staff coming and starting work at midnight, working till 8 a.m. Um, Frankie, what is our ETA on us getting back to our normal shipping times? Uh, we're hoping by next week we uh, got some new equipment coming in. Uh, the models are still up in the air because it's all dependent on GW stock levels, um, but we're hoping Fingers crossed, by the end of the month, we won't have shipping delays on any of the products that we sell. Yeah. So um, that means GW or mats or terrain or anything like that. So We've been investing a ton of time, energy, and money into shipping faster. 
um, with the GW product, it's it's honestly it's not really much we can do about it. Yeah. Games Workshop is way behind, which is great. The game is more popular than it's ever been. It can just be a little frustrating because we sometimes have to wait a very long time to get restocked. Um, but it's just it's that way for everybody. It's not that's not like a frontline problem. Yeah, but, um, and I think that's just the everybody's felt the the pain of uh, the pandemic. So we're still trying to catch up from it all and get back on top. So yeah, and then GW shut down. Yeah, and then they opened up, and then ninth came out. So it was like a double whammy. That's why they're so far behind. Um, but like Frankie said, we're taking big. We're we're, we're making big investments and speeding everything up as much as it's within our power to do so. Yeah. And then also, if you're looking for a 44 by 60 FLG map, well, they were more popular than we expected. We're sold out, but we should be restocked by third, fourth week of this month. So yep. not too much longer to wait. Uh, thank you for your patience, anybody uh, that, that was waiting on those. Definitely. All right. Please, some of Epidemius will never change. Ask Donald Magnificent. The MSU meta is so good for him. I, I don't know. Hopefully he stays the same if it's, you know, as fair and balanced as one could expect. Yeah. If you could drop an army to introduce a new one, which one would you drop and introduce in the ninth? Asks Cadian Ranger from Germany. Um, I don't want to drop any army, I guess, but I, if I had to pick one within this theoretical example, I guess, what army do I think? I would drop one of the marine flavors because there's so many of them. Just get, and, rid, of, just get rid of Space Marines, just as a blanket. Not all of them. Like, I don't know, uh, Dark Angels or Blood Angels or something. Like, I know people are like, no! But there's just there's so much likeness there, even though it is a lot of what makes 40k special. And I would add in squats. Oh, bring the squats back, huh? What about you? Uh, I would probably get rid of Eldar because nobody really likes Eldar anyways, and then <laughs> bring back the Thunder Warriors. Oh, more Marines. Yes, I like it. Yes, the Thunder from down under, mate. Thunder. All right. Warriors. Any idea if we will start seeing some of the Necron kits before the Codex hits? Malkir asks. No idea. We don't. Uh, we're not privy to the release schedule, and we couldn't talk about it even if we did now. Sorry. Um, Jay Kalijian. Kalijian, <laughs> my, my bad. Uh, how are plans looking for SoCal? Uh, kind of, a couple people were asking about that. Still up in the air. We don't know. I was just talking to the event organizers. I'm sorry, the, uh, the venue administrators for the fairgrounds, and they were asking us, like, uh, how are you guys feeling about it? I was like, we really don't know. Also, last month it looked like we were good to go. This month it doesn't. So I would say, as of right now, if nothing changes, we're probably going to have to cancel it. Um, but but we don't I'm know. Still not sure yet. Yeah, it really comes down to what the state of California says. Like San Diego was at phase three reopening. Now it's back to phase one. So we're going to make the call on it as as far out as possible. I would say within sixty to forty five days out from the event, we'll make the call. But um, it really, it's it's not really our call. It really is the state of California. It yeah. makes the call on that. So we're going to follow all the health and safety guidelines. And uh, I don't know, because we can, we can easily social distance. The venue is so big, like we've been saying, we can have the tables like 15 feet apart from each other. Um, and if everyone's wearing a mask and, you know, there's good ventilation going in there, I think, I think it would be fine, but I'm not a doctor, so... Um, yeah, and uh, so we'll just see where everything's at, um, probably 60 days out, and then uh, we'll make a decision and let everybody know. So Yeah, we'll let everybody know as soon as possible yeah. um, because obviously everyone's making travel plans and stuff like that, but 
Yeah, it's, we don't know right now. It's annoying. I mean, we'll see. Uh, some people are saying do it outside. If anybody's been to the SoCal Open, it almost is like being outside. There are these There's giant so much space, and they and they have big roll up doors. So, you know, if it is a possibility to do it outside with a big tent, we'll see if that's even feasible. I don't know. But um, if there's a way to do it safely, we will. If not, we'll have to pull the plug. And anybody that bought a ticket will give you a ton of options yep. for what to do with it. So don't feel like you're going to lose your money or whatever. Um, we're going to make sure that we take care of everybody regardless. Yep. Um, let's see. Any more questions? Uh, somebody's asking if Reese scored a new role in Miami Vice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, Sonny Crockett. And uh, what was his, what was the, his partner's name? Don Johnson was Sonny Crockett, oh, really? and his partner was uh, oh, I can't remember. Before my time, Reese. Before my time. Oh come on! And but, I, I don't think it's a new role in Miami Vice. This is one of the original roles. Like, look, look at that. Just, just. Dude, if I get old, drive <laughs> <No. laughs> a badass cigarette boat in Miami, uh, like in a cool. Blazer. I mean, that would be pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, it's like Archer in Miami Vice uh, when they did that. That was awesome. That was amazing. Uh, hey, Colin, Colin Avendermack. Well, you get three nerd points because this is oh, this is Jack Burton's shirt from Big Trouble in Little China. That's right. The salty band got it for me as a present. Of course, he did. No, he did. He got us both the same size. This is when he was the big banana, and he goes, <laughs> "One day I'll be able to wear this too." And he did. And he did. He lost like a hundred pounds. Yeah. Uh, will the twenty twenty ITC season prizes be affected by the? Uh, the Rona, uh, Tomodachi Express asks, I don't know. We haven't really thought about the prizes, really. That hasn't been super high a priority. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. They'll probably be the same. I don't know how we would give them out if LVO got yeah. them Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll have to wait and see on <laughs> yeah. that. Tubbs, that was it. There Tubbs was his partner. Yes, thank you, Lou. Um, all right, everybody. Now everyone's just talking about Miami Vice in the chat, which is <laughs> cool. But uh, thank you so much for joining uh, joining us for episode 696 of, or I'm sorry, yeah, 696. Did I? I don't know. Did I jump ahead on that one? Maybe. Huh. Uh, 696 of Signals from the Frontline. We hope you enjoyed the show. Crockett and Tubbs. That was it. Yeah. Uh, make sure to check out the other uh, shows on the Frontline Gaming Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe, like, all that fun stuff. Help us get out in front of more people. And if you want to pick up some of the new goodies, you can do so at store.frontlinegaming.org or pick up the crate mat at a discount and Space Dock Alpha. Oh. Docking never looks so good. Wow. That is still available at a discount as well. Until next week, happy gaming. Thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you all next Wednesday. <laughs>